Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye in the sky. This is Seattle Overload. Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go. Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast, where Ty and I are going to delve into major Seahawks news. We know that Geno Smith has resigned. We and we, Griff and I, have already covered that. But more figures have come out about the Geno Smith deal that make it look more enticing uh, and team friendly. Just very cool. Geno also had his press conference today, which you know stuff to delve into there. Gabe Jackson has been cut. Ben Burkirvin has also sadly been cut and we may be able to delve into some other fun stuff but Ty this is the first time we talk and I uh, well since you know Smith resigned so Ty you are an owner of probably the first Geno Smith jersey that's purchased right. from the Seahawks that that's like, that's right I believe um I believe that was actually a record that I I set you know I'm still they, waiting like, put it on the jersey like, yeah, I'm still waiting for my I'm still waiting for my plaque from the Seahawks themselves as, you know, first Geno believer. Of I course, think that's in the I, post. Right. Right, right, right. Uh yeah, so Geno's deal was uh I mean just getting Geno locked up in general, we'll we'll get into the deal in a bit, but just getting Geno locked up in general for the next year and and we'll get into, you know, how this impacts 2024 and 2025 as well. Um but getting him locked up, taking care of that, not leaving that up to any sort of question going into free agency is is huge. Um, not leaving anything up to any you know possibilities of him heading elsewhere or even testing the market really 
uh it's just it's it's big because you really <clears throat> you really didn't know especially with what's going on with you know Aaron Rodgers still hasn't made a decision now Lamar has kind of entered the fracas here um Derek Carr of course you know signed uh a few days ago uh but then you know there's Jimmy Garoppolo and maybe even Matt Stafford might be on the trade block all this stuff you didn't really know how Geno's situation was going to go uh, because he was one of the few unrestricted truly unrestricted free or he was set to be one of the true unrestricted free agents to actually hit the market and that you know makes things convenient for a few other teams that might be exploring something like Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson right now and just may find that to be a better you know way for them to go um and who knows what kind of guarantees and all that uh that could have been made at that point uh but ultimately you know Gino ends up staying where he completely, you know, revitalized his career and, and gets to stay with, you know, the coaching staff that he has become accustomed to and has helped him, you know, turn things around here uh, in the later stages of his career. And um, it's just, a, it's a great, you know, relationship that was certainly, you know, it, it felt like it was far from ending uh, and, and felt like, you know, uh, it was just a, the best and most natural fit for both sides and where the team is right now and where Gino is in his career. So it made just a ton of sense. And this was why, you know, you and I didn't really entertain the idea of him actually leaving um, because it just it felt like this was going to happen. Like this was a matter of when, not if. And I mean, even Gino was talking that way, you know, at the Pro Bowl and after the season, et cetera, talking about how he, he felt very confident that they were going to get things done. And sure enough. Here we are. Well, more than that, if you remember after like the, the 49ers game, Gino was understandably asked about, you know, the contract situation, how he felt. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was after week 18 when they didn't know their playoff fate. But anyway, he spoke mm-hmm. on his contract and he was saying about how important loyalty is. And like the insinuation was that he would maybe take a team friendly deal. And yeah. so, so it has proved. So like Griff and yeah. I, we sp- when we spoke about his contract immediately, Obviously, uh, Jordan Schultz reported that the contract was $105 million uh, right. for three years, $50 million uh, guaranteed over the first calendar year, or potential to earn $50 million over the first calendar year, sorry. And, you know, you're immediately skeptical. You, you, it feels agency is what I said to Griff right. about, uh, whenever we've recorded that. And so it's proved. So we theorized that there'd be incentives involved here wondered maybe if they'd uh, defer option the signing bonus which they mm. did with jamal adams and they, they haven't done that what they have done is a lot of incentives so right ty mm. are you ready to be cash man cash man not to be confused with Josh Cashman aka yeah, he, Cable Thanos is, yes that's Cashman no, you are Cashman I am Cashman. Yeah, so they're they're incentives, but not really. They're more so escalators, and we'll get into what that means and how that kind of impacts things here in a second. Um, but there are essentially escalators tied to yardage, touchdowns, uh, completion percentage, passer rating, and then a playtime and win slash if he takes the team to the playoffs. So that's $2 million for each of those categories. And each of those numbers is exactly what he did last year. So it's 4,282 passing yards. That's what he put up last year. 30 touchdowns. That's what he put up last year. 
uh, 69.7 uh, completion percentage, uh, 100.8 passer rating, and then uh, 10 wins or making the playoffs. So all of those things that he did um, this past year. So yeah, um, and he gets would... $2 million each for hitting each one of those. And if he hits all of them, which that's going to be tough, the completion percentage one. But if he right. hits all of them, then he gets an extra $5 million on top of that as well. On top of that. So that's what, $15 million in total? Because there's five categories? Yeah. So $15 million in total. And then, um, so uh, at, at face value, you hear the word incentives and you see those numbers. And essentially you would think these are like, are considered to be likely to be earned because that's what he did this past year. And in that instance, that would count towards the salary cap. However, the, the 2023 are, cap number, right? However, because they're escalators, not incentives, they essentially go into his roster bonus and therefore do not count against the salary cap. Now, we're not salary cap guys. No, we're, we're hold not... on now. Hold on. Don't do yourself down. Remember, mm. you're the cash man. That's true. That's true. That's true. But uh, that from everything that I have read, and I've tried to do a lot of research on this because it's been a very complicated situation the last few days. Like We still don't even know what his year one cap hit is. But uh, that seems to be the case that all the uh, the fifteen million dollars doesn't count against the cap. It's just they're they're essentially a roster bonus. So um, the other thing with that too is is Mike Garofalo uh, from NFL Network took Twitter tonight and made a correction uh, mm-hmm. about um, the guaranteed money in Gino's contract, and so essentially all the guaranteed money that he is owed that Gino is owed is in year one and there are no other guarantees in 2024 or 2025 except for a 12.7 million dollar injury related guarantee mm-hmm. um in and 2024 that, in 2024 so that brings up a whole other question um that I'll ask in a bit uh but this is essentially another prove it deal. Now, Gino is getting paid, especially in year one. So it's not like he's getting the short end of the sick here, but he's basically betting on himself because with no guarantees for the next two years, unless he gets hurt, Seahawks could easily part ways next year if they wanted to. Yeah. So. What do you let's let's start there. Just what do you think about that? I mean, it's again, it's like clear evidence that Gino, he, you know, he really wanted to be back in Seattle, and mm-hmm. the, it really you sort of had to look towards his press conference comments. Like he's saying how he just believes in his ability, and he thinks the future is very bright. And he said, it's just a way, the incentives, this is, it's just a way, obviously, for both parties to make it work. It allows the team room and space to do what they need to do, but also gives me an opportunity to be, you know, one of the top 10 paid quarterbacks, which is something that I believe I am. Hmm. And he said, on the importance of giving Seattle that flexibility, yeah, it was extremely important. You know, I believe in the team. I know how important it is for everyone, you know, to have an opportunity and so I trust these guys. I understand that 
these guys are building a championship team and that's what we're about here. And so I really wanted to be part of that. And I'm just happy that we were able to find common ground that was balanced and worked for everyone, which is pretty remarkable comments from Gino. I also think, you know, you know, he still got paid and the the advantage for him is he he got paid in this first year. If he mm-hmm. proves it, he will get paid in second and third year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is in a position where if he proves it and for whatever reason, the, the team, you know, maybe they do draft a rookie and they're ready to play him, then he'll get another payday immediately from another team because that's a two-year resume now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, you know, for for... It's a three. If it's a three-year contract, then and he's with Seattle the whole time, he can get paid again. Uh, sort of repeating the stuff that I said with Griff the, the other day. But but then, you, you know, it is uh, it's protecting Seattle from the fact that it is just a one-year deal of like one year of production, and right. that if if things go bad, then they they're protected. Like Schneider spoke about how they're always trying to put together everything we're doing here is to try and maximize a player's value but we're also trying to put together a consistent championship caliber team and so there's a balance that goes into that right and he credited chaffee fields and kevin i don't know the surname but it's someone on gino's agent team right. for being he, creative and it, yeah, open-minded yeah open-minded understanding what they wanted to accomplish and well, and I think it we might- even talked about that a few weeks ago, that whenever this deal was going to happen, that it was going to be really unlike any other quarterback contract we've seen because of just the uniqueness of Geno's situation, because we just, we've never seen anything like that. So where do you kind of start, right? Yeah. Like, so, and that's kind of what we're seeing here. Yeah. And I, I like Schneider's summaries were saying it was maximizing Geno's earning potential, recognizing what he's done, right. but also trying to help him be a championship quarterback. And and so like Seattle really like with with this contract they can kind of do they can take it a number of directions like mm-hmm. it's not it's not really set in stone that that they that it's, that's literally the definition of flexibility right like it, they're, yeah. they're sort of in a win scenario whatever and I think really even like Gino is like I, I was saying to Griff how this is like the perfect contract. And it kind of is like it is gives you an appreciation of what goes into negotiations and how every right. party can come out w- looking good. Now, Gino probably with with the fact that that uh, guarantee it's only one guaranteed year of money, mm-hmm. and unless he gets injured, and then twenty twenty four would be guaranteed. That is a pretty tough, uh, tough look. But then. Yeah, he wanted to be in Seattle. He could have hit the open market and he, he could have got a better deal elsewhere or maybe even a better deal from Seattle, but he just decided not to because of how much he wanted to be in Seattle. And so really it shakes out as like it, if Seattle wants, it can be a one-year deal. And, and right. a bit a bit like I think Derek Carr's past contract was like that mm-hmm. uh, it, it, with um <clears throat> with Las Vegas. Yeah. But... If Seattle wants to have 2024 in, then they can. Mm-hmm. And the same for 20, 2025, you'd think they'd probably rework the deal if he had done enough to play two years in Seattle. But right. if they really wanted, like 2025 then is an easy one. Uh, just on the on the escalators, they're added onto the 2024 roster bonus. I think that's how right. that works. So they would count against the 2024 cap. But then you're just right. splitting out the 
and then you can probably restructure you know something yep. like that to, to spread yep. it out a bit more yeah yeah so um yeah it's interesting you know because like if he does stay in 2024 and, and you know 2025 but let's just you know say 2024 for now that means he probably had another really good season right because if he's just kind of mediocre if he's like more like a top 20-ish quarterback than a top 10-ish guy like he was this past year they can just say you know what we'll move on quarterback class next year is pretty good you know etc like there, there's going to be options out there for them to you know uh do something different at the position so either way the seahawks win in this situation and so hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't, I can't really imagine a better deal for the Seahawks out of this whole scenario, given the uniqueness of the situation. So um, I'm kind of surprised that they were able to pull it off, frankly. Yeah. So one thing, he can earn twenty-eight million dollars in the first year of his deal, right? And then fifteen million dollars on top of that in incentives. Yeah, and and again, we don't know exactly how all of that is being distributed, so we don't know what the cap hit is. Still, like no one's still like concrete. Like I've seen, I've seen so many different people on Twitter say it's one thing or another. Like I've seen eighteen million, I've seen ten million, I've seen thirteen million, I've seen fifteen million. I have no idea what it is. But like my my point. That is that is relevant, and I look forward to finding that out. But my point with saying that is like, well, twenty eight million plus fifty. I mean, yeah, the fifteen million dollars are added on to twenty twenty four, and the same, by the way, for if he uh, hits those incentive marks again in twenty twenty four, uh, those would be added on to twenty twenty five's roster bonus. That's how it's structured. Right. But um, right. It, the way Gino can look at it is. Okay, I get $28 million in the first year, which is mm-hmm. how it's been reported. Plus, say he hits the incentives of 15. Well, then suddenly that's like a, it's like slightly delayed, but it's a one year $43 million deal is the way to, yeah. to sell it. And which is how you get probably that phrasing of it's $50 million over the first calendar year. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. even if it goes to, cra- uh, even if the Seahawks draft a rookie, say, and we'll we'll talk about that in Gino's comments on that. But even if they were to draft a rookie, but Gino plays well, well then he's proved it. He's earned what what's the the franchise tag number for a quarterback? It was like thirty five. Yeah, so he's earned he's earned more than that. Um, yeah. and and then he he goes and gets another payday from an, another team. It's kind of a win win for Gino, uh, with the kind of possibility of, you know, yeah. Okay, and even if he I, just I, hits I rec- three. And even if, sorry, but it just even if he hits three of those five escalators, like he'll essentially make the franchise tag. Yeah. So. And like that, like a couple of those should be pretty easy as long as he stays healthy. Like thirty touchdowns, he should be able to match that. Passing any, yards, should yeah, be like able to match any that. quarterback like, in a functioning offense, like yeah, like and and Gino knows his ability, um, and I think I think we can be confident of that as well. Like they haven't lost major pieces. Sure. There's areas they need to address, but like they still have that receiving core of DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, mm-hmm. 
okay, there's some work to do at tight end, uh, low key work, but work nonetheless. And then the interior yeah. defensive line, but like they have also Kenneth Walker in the backfield. Like they may bring back Richard Penny. Like they have the weapons, mm-hmm. they have the setup. And mm-hmm. yeah, we need to look at the year one cap number, but they haven't completely uh, ruined their situation. And, and even if things go wrong, they haven't either. And, and, and so right. for Gino, though, like, he is not foolish and his representation isn't foolish either. They recognize that, yeah, there is that only one year production with so many years just being a backup in the league. Mm-hmm. This is like the insurance behind the opportunity to, to improve it. Like it's it's very, I think it's very cool for Gina too. So like really, yeah. really interesting stuff and look forward for that to really get in the concrete information on the year one cap hit because that is obviously important and yeah yeah i I, i've seen numbers like 17 million dollars 15 million dollars i don't know how that all works cash cash man you might have to i need i need to yeah i need to brush up on that because i i have i have no idea either and i don't know like where people are getting these numbers either because they're not they're just saying the number. They're not like giving out like breakdowns of how they they think it gets there. They're just like, yeah, it's fifteen million dollars. Yep. Okay. Cool. Uh, how? <laughs> yeah. Like, but that escalator thing and the likely to be earned thing that that yeah. was very interesting. Yeah. So, in terms of just like cap deferment and all that, um, and it kind of. I don't know. Maybe gives a glimpse into what the Seahawks' intentions are here with the the full picture. I don't know. So let, let's talk about this. Uh, the the other part of this, right? If it's only a one year deal, what does that mean related to the whole number five pick situation with the quarterbacks? Right? Because C.J. Stroud could make some sense. Uh, Anthony Richardson uh, had a meeting with the Seahawks that apparently went well. There's, you know, the Pete Carroll went on the Rich Eisen show and um, basically said, like, yeah, we're we're very open to the possibility of doing that. Now, a little bit of that could be, or all of that could really just be posturing to, um, you know. Uh, get the Raiders and the Panthers and the Falcons a little bit antsy and willing to trade up and all this stuff. But, uh, I don't know, man. Um, what, what do you think about all of this? Yeah. It's the classic, uh, pre-draft scenario of when you don't have an obvious need in your roster in particular, like Seattle. I mean, they have one at center, but yeah, generally speaking, of course, but they don't, then there's nothing to lose by being positive about every position, every player. Right. Uh, when you're asked about them. And so naturally people think, oh, these quarterbacks look interesting. They hadn't had uh, Gino signed at the time. So suddenly Seattle has a more gaping need. So teams start talking them up. And uh, then Anthony Richardson makes his comments. And so, I mean, Anthony Richardson, even if you're not going to draft him or you decide not to, he's, a fun player, like a very cool player. Like everyone saw what he did at combine. You can't deny that that was amazing. Like the most athletic quarterback ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Along with the stuff he shows on tape. So why would you not say that he's a, a cool player? Uh, I found yeah. it interesting how Pete Carroll went on the Rich Eisen show and he bigged up a lot of the positions, but he didn't mention the D line or edge at all. So <laughs> you, but then this is the thing, like it's, it's all like second guessing uh, 
uh yeah what's real what's not bluffing or what, bluffing yeah, yeah yeah it's all just it's all just nonsense but yeah. Seattle will definitely consider the the situation. There, uh, there's no reason for them to lie about that. Obviously, they will, yeah. and they don't pick up five often, as John Schneider said. They also said quarterbacks don't well. grow on trees, and yeah, yeah. Pete Pete described it as a, a a top opportunity or something, or it's at uh, the top of our minds that we're going to look at yeah. the quarterbacks. And of course, it is. And Anthony Richardson is very traitsy, as we've spoke about. He is like feels like a Schneider kind of dude in that sense. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, Schneider's like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Think about them coming out, what their strengths were, what were their weaknesses. Richardson is on a similar kind of spectrum as to that. Mm-hmm. So it was just cool that, you know, I mean, Gino was basically perfect in this press conference. Like, he just seems so grounded and very, very uh, good leader, very yeah. smart, intelligent guy. Um, yeah. But he was asked, obviously, about Seattle, the potential of Seattle drafting a quarterback at five and whether that would be competition or a mental opportunity. And he said how that would be both. Mentioned how, you know, he worked with Drew Locke, but he also loves to compete with anybody. Um, and it's his job as a leader and it's who he is at heart uh, to help guys. So, mm. fine. Uh, kind of a yeah. nothing answer in that like well, he what is he gonna he say but he could have been a like, he could have joe Rogers. flacco'd it yeah he could have been yeah. he could have joe flacco'd it like he and be like yeah i'm not helping him like yeah screw yeah. that guy yeah yeah so yeah no that, that you know it's good to see that gino saying all the right stuff and everything i mean he's gonna be a coach one day like no doubt in my mind um that'd be cool yeah or maybe um, maybe something uh which uses similar skills but out of football helping uh yeah, he just you seems know, like a good like or something. Yeah, he just seems like a good people person, you mm-hmm. know. Definitely. Um good like culture builder probably. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, so you know, for me, I I kind of ruled out the whole quarterback thing for a while. Um and maybe that's just cope, but after seeing these contract details tonight, this is kind of the first time that I'm going huh, they might actually do it. Like, because I don't know, I guess I, I didn't think that I didn't think it was possible because I felt like there were going to be more guarantees and that they were going to be a bit more handcuffed to Gino beyond 2023. Mm. But now that they're not, now that they can just easily move on if they wanted to, it just it does seem like they're kind of setting it up for the possibility like, because the contract can work both ways when you're looking at it from the number five pick situation. It's a either a window to or a bridge rather to whatever is next, or it protects them in case they end up not taking the quarterback in this draft because they still have the quarterback in tow for the next three years if they so want him. So, and it also keeps the window open for drafting a quarterback next year as well. So, I don't know, man. It's it's interesting because, like, I, I guess that they they did need to put in a fallback plan in case Anderson and Carter go, and they're not really sold on Tyree Wilson, right? Because, like, who else are you drafting at number five, right? Well, you know, they have a top five visit, or, uh, top thirty, sorry, visit with Dewan Jones. Like, right? He's got rare size. Okay, he's a right tackle, but like, you really have to do your due diligence on dudes who. Maybe you do a mini trade down from five, but like, yeah, like, right, right, yeah. But, but, but yeah, to your wider point, absolutely. This, this is the contract that 
allows them to do what they want. It gives them complete, again, it's that flexibility thing. It gives them complete freedom. And so that's yeah. why it's super exciting for the Seahawks because then if, then you know, like, they the, hold the, a the, lot of leverage. Yeah. And they're, they're in a position where they can take this any way they want. They're not forced into anything. Um, they, they, whatever, the, however they want to do it, whoever they like, they can do. Whereas, like, if they hadn't, uh, say they hadn't re signed Gino, Gino had gone elsewhere, then suddenly, mm -hmm. You might have to force a quarterback, or right. The, the say deal... they paid massive money, then it's then it's like, well, how are we gonna? If the if the rookie's the guy, then we're kind of okay. Rookie contracts for quarterbacks are great, but like, okay, Gino's kind of kind of hamper into that, right? And it also like, if they want to move on from Gino to go with the young guy, like say that they do draft Anthony Richardson, and in twenty twenty four, they're like, we want. You know, we want Anthony to be the guy, and Gino is coming off of a pretty good year still. You can trade Gino, mm -hmm. and he's going to be affordable. He's going to be way more affordable than any quarterback that you could probably find on the open market next year. So, this is again, it's a win-win-win-win-win situation for the for the Seahawks here, essentially. And what it most importantly accomplishes the deal itself is that it doesn't tip their hand at all. Like it's still like if in terms of like trying to keep other teams guessing in terms of maybe trying to bait a trade up or, or anything like that from the Raiders, from the Panthers, from the Falcons, from the Titans, et cetera, the list goes on. There's nothing here that says, yeah, we're not taking a quarterback. You don't have to worry about that. Absolutely. Like, the other thing too, right? You know, I, I mentioned, you know, if Carter and, Ander and Anderson are, are off the board before five, I mean, maybe Carter's not even on their board anymore. You know, that's the other aspect of this. So really it's, you know, maybe they view it as Anderson or a quarterback, or maybe they view it as Anderson and Wilson or a quarterback, you know? And so if yeah. Anderson and Wilson are gone, like what else do you do? Especially like if you're not going to get the trade up that you want, you're not just going or the trade down rather that you want. You're not just going to do it for the sake of doing it. Well, and, so well, and also Ty, maybe people don't want to trade up. The right. this is what we say about like there's there's bluffing, double bluffing, what's real and what's not. Like if you talk about up the quarterbacks, you don't lose because then you can also entice teams to want to trade up uh, with you by creating hype around the quarterbacks. Uh, hmm. The other thing as well is like if you know if you if you really a grading guys and there's only Pete Carroll mentioned it there's there's only so many top players in this draft class is what I've said it's what Griff said from watching it's what a lot of uh, analysts have said there's not as mm -hmm. many top top guys as has, there have been in other classes mm -hmm. there's lots of good players but where do you take a good player probably I you know not in the top 10 of the draft hopefully so then right. maybe you do go well you know, our, our top guys are gone. Maybe Jalen Carter, as you said, Ty is, isn't on their board. Obviously, we've heard some other things on, on top of um, mm -hmm. what, uh, look at us all sourced up, on top of mm -hmm. uh, his uh, tragic uh, legal incident. And mm -hmm. so, and that, when's that going to play out? We don't, we don't know about that sort of timeline, but like, you know, yeah, we, and Seattle. we don't know what, it, and we don't know what information Seattle has that we don't, you know, like the public doesn't know right. that we don't know. Like, you know, he, he like, uh, just purely on a, on the field, a football standpoint, like from the tape is the best player in the draft. But if he's mm -hmm. off the board, that's one less of the clear big guys there. And so as you attack your camera tie, my, uh, my ring light tried to fall and disrupt the show. 
but I did not it. allow it. I no, caught don't it. allow it. So yeah. then, you know, maybe you just have to, maybe you can't trade down or maybe you're just like, well, crap, this quarterback is special. Like maybe his ceiling, Anthony Richardson's ceiling grades higher than any of the other prospects. Or it could be a different quarterback, but then you're like, well, let's do it. And yeah. as has been pointed out by in our comments section, we uh, we record this live on YouTube. If you're listening, uh, and you can get involved with the show by Chris Adams, and thank you, Chris, for the reminder. Gina has mentioned many times that all he needed when he entered the NFL was a veteran to learn from, and he's spoken readily about wanting to pay it forward. And that's right, Gino does want to help and. Mm. You know, it's like the comments we spoke about earlier in his press conference, but he, he kind of wants to be a mentor. He, I think he described how the atmosphere in the Seahawks locker uh, quarterback room last year was tight knit and they all got along really well with him and Drew Locke. And so, and that was pretty obvious as well, seeing Locke on the sidelines with Pete Carroll as well, how they're trying to build him up. And so I don't, you know, it's it's just a very, very cool situation, really. And, and mm. the last thing on the, the Geno Presser, I loved how, I mean, obviously he's happy, but it was so cool seeing him like that happy. And he was wearing his, um, oh man, I need to. Did Gino has a great smile? Like it's just infectious, Ho- man. Yeah. Ho- it was just a wholesome moment overall. Yeah. What's he's his, just a uh... wholesome dude in general. Like, yeah. yeah. What was his, um, oh yeah, Seven Sunday Heroes, his, um, his foundation. He, oh, yeah. That was the, uh, the kind of like sweatshirt he was wearing underneath his suit. It's quite a cool fit. Um, which is an extension of his mother and grandmother's efforts back home. But it's like a that's cool. Uh, just helps out in the community, and um, they they host like uh, I think they did a Thanksgiving turkey giveaway. I th- right. I'm pretty sure it just helps local communities out, like the the leaders of communities. Which again, like when when we talk about after war with Gino, like he's already kind of doing this like uh leadership uh in in communities and helping out and and stuff like that but yeah and and awesome to hear gino saying like you know right at the start on the contract process i wanted to stay here i was hoping we could get something done quickly i didn't want to have to test the free agent market obviously if i had to do that then i had to but i think everyone did a great job at making this work and that's about having pay off in the future so you know he wanted to be a seahawk he's a man of his word like he said this after the season as, as we spoke about so very right. very wholesome very cool win 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 situation with the seahawks i think it's a win 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 for geno smith as well contract wise and i think you know now seattle has a guy who at his best is one of well at his best last year an mvp candidate but at his best yeah. is the be- like one of the best uh pocket passes in the nfl now tom yeah. brady's gone like there aren't any people when gino's on it there ain't many quarterbacks who are better than him out the pocket and so yeah. then you can focus around building your young team uh but also you if you build your young team in the holes that you have there's no reason gino can't cook like the holes on offense are interior defensive line and wide receiver three third receiving option and then tight end yeah. Your rookie tackles should get better it's their second season not that they were poor but they had sporadic moments that rookies have second year of nfl they'll be more familiar with that so then the pass protection should be more sustainable and so then you, you know why why can't gino keep it up kenneth walker the second as well he's not going to have uh ken is not going to have the kind of rookie growing pains of vision and patience he's going to hit the hole he knows what he can get away with in the nfl now your run game's not going to collapse because of those kind of growing pains either 
in theory. So th- obviously there's ifs and buts. That's just the NFL with the salary cap construction. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, he's not here. I had to do it for him. Mm. Yeah. RIP. Mm. Yeah. There you go. So rest in podcast, of course. Rest in <clears throat> podcast. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And yeah. we will talk about the first year cap hit when we know it. But really, I, you know, it seems like Seattle will have found a way to make it so that they have a bit of money. Carol said how they have to be uh, to Seattle sports. Does he say judicious? Yeah. It must be judicious, which yeah. is I, very I mean, he, he told uh, uh, Chris Sims and... Uh... God, what's his name? I Mike Florio. Mike Florio, thank you. <laughs> this isn't the first time that I forgot his name on a, on, on a podcast. Wow, I, that's I was, disrespectful. Uh, for for some reason, no, I, for some reason, I want to call him Lefko, like Adam Lefko. Oh, I, no, I just, that's, a, the, that's a different yeah, guy, that's, actually. That's a, definitely, you know? that's a totally different person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know why. Uh, he, yeah, Pete was saying, you know, like, like he, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, You know, he was telling them that, like, we got stuff that we have to do <laughs> this off season. Like, yeah, we want to assign Gino, but like, we need to get better. <laughs> like, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, but he's right. free agent, yeah, he's he's very very correct with that yep. uh, that assessment. Very astute of you, Pete Carroll. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and Maddie, listen mm-hmm. to this segue. Uh, the Seahawks did some things today to help them out with their free agent pursuits this month. So. They did. So this wasn't overly surprising, but uh, Tom Pelissero of NFL Network reported that the Seahawks have released veteran guard Gabe Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was on the wire, the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. That move clears $6.5 million in cash and cap space for 2023. Well, you're cash man now? Oh, well, Ty, if you'd let me segue, then, you know. True, 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 true. Looks I like became, I'm cash man. I'd... I became se- uh, Segway boy. Segway, <laughs> Segway yes. boy. Yeah. <laughs> All these boys on their Segways. Uh, yep, yep, yep. There you go. So, yeah, as I said, this was kind of expected. Like, Jackson mm. visibly declined. I think it was an age health thing. He's turning 32. If you look at his snap counts, like, he became a part-time right guard when he was earning starter money, and this year it was gonna earn was it like 11.5 million dollars this year yeah i think it was, cra- yeah, it was pretty high money. like yeah. there's some dead money with this as well but anyway, yeah there's like um, four million dollars worth of dead money so yeah i think it was about 11 there you go so yeah he played week five 60 of snaps week eight 41 week nine 51 week 10 60 week 11 60 week 12 57 week 13 46 week 14 56 week 15 57 week 16 68 so that is 10 games not playing 100% of the snaps and i think it's 8 of 8 of 10 below uh 60% or 60% so yeah. not the, just, the, just the not dead good. cap the dead cap by the way is 4.7 mil no, so. so yeah 5 mil yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah J- jackson just it wasn't a viable thing and no. seattle obviously re-signed phil haynes to a slightly higher than expected deal i think for some people but then that's because he's going to be given the right guard job to lose uh how that pans out i don't know i know he did well in uh better in pass block win rate than i think um 
you know, which warrants a kind of rewatch of the film because I, mm-hmm. I need to sort of dive into how good he actually was last year. I think he was kind of right. up and down. Right. But obviously Seattle's going to have to add another guy probably through the draft to compete at the right guard spot, get younger, get more, you know, more competitive there. Just Jackson was just, it, it was, it was just time for it to be the end. So, mm-hmm. um, and maybe like, maybe he lands somewhere else, but it just felt like his body, like if he's having to rest, maybe, maybe, Maybe a off season of resting and and not being in camp and stuff would help him, but it, it just feels like he's just played a lot of football and that you know it's it's probably done. Obviously, he arrived at, uh, with Seattle in twenty twenty one via a fifth round pick traded from uh, the Raiders. So, mm-hmm. and I think it was a move that Russell Wilson was in favor of. Right. Obviously, he's gone, and now Gabe Jackson's gone. And it was kind of a a desperation move from the Seahawks because didn't they which one did they go after was it Zeitler was was it Zeitler or Tooney they went after one of them I think it was Zeitler Zeitler yeah and then they whiffed on Zeitler Tooney ended up going uh going to Kansas City Corey Lindsley ended up going to LA and then Rodney Hudson got traded to Arizona and they were like well we need an interior offensive lineman and we don't have many draft picks so yeah that's the other that's the other factor there they because of that draft they you know where they they had very limited uh assets uh from the jamal adams trade it sort of left them short yeah and jackson just wasn't really a great fit for the scheme um it was just kind of weird so yeah yeah It'll be interesting to see what they do with that, like moving forward, like draft wise. We'll we'll be talking about it, but you know, it's, I don't it's, wonder it's, if this means Damian Lewis goes back to right guard. Well, that's where he played his best football, and he like left guard. It's difficult doing that, right? As Griff says, like trying to uh, brush your teeth left handed or right handed with your weaker hand, like mm-hmm. it's just a bit bit odd. But um. Yeah, like maybe in the draft they they take a tackle and kick him inside. Like, do they still want size and people movers and displacement, or are they favoring more like footwork, agility? Obviously, right, like, blend, like, you can mess with the sliders on that. It's not like an either or, but like like let's overreact a little bit here to the to the top thirty visit because ultimately these top thirty visits like mm-hmm. they end up drafting maybe two of them, you know, per year. Uh, I think Derek Young and Boye Mafe were the only ones from the top 30 oh, that they, they drafted um, last year, just for context. But mm-hmm. let's say they do take Dewan Jones. Mm-hmm. What do you do with Abe Lucas? Well, I don't know, man. Like, k- kicking Gabe Luke, uh, Abe Lucas inside just does not feel like the right move. Like, let the guy learn how to play tackle and get good yeah. at that. Yeah. Similarly, like I don't think Jones has been anything other than a right tackle. And so that's a tough ask. Maybe if he's learning behind Haynes, it's a huge guy to have a right guard. Now, remember they did show interest in um Trent Brown. They they brought him yeah. in for a free agency visit and he's a big guard. So maybe maybe Jones is that thing of like I think tackles in coming out of college generally have better footwork. Uh, for outside zone than a guard does and also if they're big and they're long and 
Dewan Jones is big and he's long. Like mm-hmm. I, I mentioned it earlier, but he has rare and he can, and he can size. move. Yeah, and so I I need to watch his tape because like to see whether that's a, a viable sort of thing. But like Gino's tall as well. It's not like with Russ, maybe you'd have some hesitancy drafting a massive dude, especially on the right, like in the primary kind of throwing lane. But yeah. with with Gino, I think he'd be all right doing that. Definitely interesting. Another guy, I mean, he wasn't mentioned, but Darnell Wright, I really like. and Right, yeah. Maybe he could yeah, do I've that. Yeah, I've seen some of his, uh, I've seen some clips that people have posted of him yeah. on Twitter. And like personally, I, I again still making my way through. We'll have each positional preview before the draft uh, of the mm. college guys, but I'm not that impressed with the guards in this class. So, like, if you wanted to take a kind of rare sized dude, put him there, that'd be cool. But I'd prefer, like, I need to watch Jones. But I think I prefer, um, you know, keeping Lucas at right tackle and asking the rookie to convert than the alternative yeah. obviously every player is different um yeah uh there you go so so, so the other thing that i guess we're kind of waiting on you know re um you know cuts uh, etc shelby mm-hmm. harris you could save nine million dollars by cutting him but i don't think that they particularly want to cut him so no and and he, schneider was asked about him at the combine like are you going to extend him yeah. And he was like, well, he's still got a year left. So he's pretty cagey with that. But he did also credit Shelby's play. Like, he was very positive about Shelby's play. Now, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are other motives for that, but I think you can take it at face value that they they felt he was active and pressured well. He was mm-hmm. one of the better Seahawks interior defensive linemen last year. That is a price, but really when, you, when you're interior, the defensive line struggles so much with the kind of two four five approach last year, you probably don't want to get rid of the one of the few guys who could actually do it well. Um, yeah. So I, I would feel that at the very least they're going to try to restructure that deal uh, to lower the 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 cap hit, or you know maybe add a void year. So technically an extension, but not really. Um, where they add a void year or two to to move some of that cap off or whatever. Um, or, you know, just a straight-up extension where they, they get them locked up for at least another year. And then maybe there's a, a third year that's just a void year on that or something like that uh, to help with the cap purposes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, Quentin Jefferson's another guy that I think they can save a few million dollars from uh, if they, they cut him. Um, but uh, the the Harris situation is the one that I'm really interested in because, like you mentioned, he's one of the few guys that actually had some success and played fairly consistently along that line. And I mean, they keep on talking about like whenever they've been talking about you know getting better, uh, just reading through, you know, reading between the lines, they're talking about the defensive front. And so I, I just I don't know if you get rid of the you know the little bit of good depth that you have there if you take away from that. So. Um, I assume that they're going to try and do everything they can to to keep Harris and Toe on a you know on a more favorable uh, deal. Yeah, but, makes sense. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. the other news tie was that sadly Ben Burkirvin got released. Mm-hmm. Now this is this is real like uh, example of how brutal the NFL is because 
2021, third year of NFL football, the preseason, he is lighting it up. Like it looked like it all right. come together. Looked like he was going to be the next like Seattle linebacker who's going to be bringing juice. Like he 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 mm -hmm. was playing bigger, sort of overcoming size concerns. He was quick. He was diagnosing plays very effectively. He looked brilliant. And then he tore his ACL, which I think happened in, in the third preseason game. Mm -hmm. uh, former fifth-round pick at the Seahawks. Obviously, he went to UW, so he kind of hometown kind of hero. Uh, I think it was against and, Vegas, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. And then he spent ages trying to rehab it. Uh, it, just, it just never could come back right. And... Pete Carroll described this past season how I think I think he used the term uh, they're in uncharted territory because there was nerve damage and stuff. It just sounds like awful. Like I hope that he, uh, career wise, uh, uh, human wise, like movement wise, that he's not too badly impacted for the rest of his life and um, uh, it, just mentally, physically, everything. It just must be so draining and tough because he was right on the precipice of making a roster. Uh, and being a starter, coming from the top, working so hard. Now he's tried to rehab and and work hard and make it back, and he just couldn't get it done. And that just must be incredibly tough. And yeah, big big sympathies for him. I hope whatever he does, whether it's in football or out of football, after his career, um, is rewarding. And and I'm sure he'll succeed with the application that he he showed uh, in his. Uh, sadly brief football career so yeah it's brutal yeah stuff, man. it is tough uh and i know that like pete carroll and john schneider they said that they you know that like, he's a good person the fans of him and i hope you know i'm sure the team will well hopefully the team looks after him and um takes care you know of him. he's yeah. pointed in the right directions or things so yeah bummer yeah yeah uh not not fun um you know hoping for the best for him whatever he does next so ty where mm. where do you want to take it next do you want to wrap <clears throat> well maddie yesterday marked oh the one year anniversary of a, a certain trade that was made by uh, the the football team that we cover mm. do you remember what that was by chance oh uh well i i thought bobby wagner got, got cut uh yeah that happened um he did get cut uh but the the seahawks did actually make a trade about eight hours before bobby wackner was cut oh they pretty did? big deal yeah yeah it was a pretty big deal um big enough they deal did. for you know adam Schefter to tweet it out uh they though Schefter, to be fair does tweet out a lot of things he does um mm -hmm. kind of his job. Uh, yeah, yeah yeah um yeah it's the the one year anniversary of the russell wilson trade um that thing i'm i'm a little sad that they weren't able to wait until the anniversary to announce the gino deal thought that would have been you know that would have been nice that would have but been cool. also petty like let it be gino's day yeah i mean you know pete carroll is dabbling in some pettiness lately i don't know if you've been looking at his social media well we, yeah we should probably talk about that but firstly yeah um 30 minutes after the trade was announced, I tweeted, as pointed out by Hustle Chilson on Twitter, thank you, Mr. Hustle. Mm. Let Geno Smith cook, I tweeted 30 minutes after. Mm. Mm. There's going to be a lot of backpassing here. I also tweeted, this draft class appears to be absolutely loaded in the trenches. The, she the Seahawks should be able to get their foundations right. 
Mm. Abraham mm. Lucas, Charles Cross, William Maffe, mm. to be mm. determined. But there you go. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh. This is a good one. Russell Wilson played bad, limitations obvious, worked out football for one and a half seasons in the kind of offense people wanted him to be in. Mm. Who tweeted that? I did. Mm. That's the best part of this. We're going to find out if Russell Wilson is he, who he and Greg Olson, who said um, that the coaches basically weren't listening <laughs> I, to I, I, I And it was that. like we're playing with a JV roster. Yeah. Right. Um, or if Pete Carroll was running the right offense for his skill set all along. History proves insightful. In 2020, they let Russ cook, then the kitchen caught fire. Mm. Oh, here's another tweet from me. I think Pete Carroll is on the right side of this Seahawks-Russell Wilson disagreement. He isn't that drop back a lot of times top five quarterback. But the beauty of this timeline is the truth will be revealed in 2022 and beyond. Maddie, these tweets are kind of sounding toxic. And smug. Really smug. Really smug. And toxic. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I used to be a big fan of your timeline, but now you're you're the most petty person on NFL yeah, Twitter. You're right. It was toxic. Uh, I, mm. Oh, this is a good one. Oh, my God. I popped the shops and this happened. I was looking for the Harissa paste while John Schneider added all the spice I needed. <laughs> I think I was making kofta at the time mm. that this so i was like on my phone tweeting while like mixing uh mints with like mm. spices right. and then the harissa paste was going on my phone it was bad yeah. like then it mm. got in my eyes and oh, then wow. i had to fire off a tweet and right yeah as one naturally has to yeah right and you you did it successfully yeah and and i think you you pulled it off ty you know do you know something about harissa paste no no tell me it's spicy oh oh i don't get it all right what are, what are you referencing well no it's, it's just spicy you know okay so right, 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 did, right, do you have any right. tweets that from march the 8th that are your favorites uh a certain uh analytics uh related account analytics uh focused account saying i'm i'm so happy for russell wilson that was uh hmm. that was a good one i was i, I like that one um i don't know i i just i remember oh this is a good one you russ haters will certainly find out next year if he can pass the ball without pete carroll covering for all of his deficiencies right right that's a that's a good one um I just the thing that I most remember from that day was that I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna get a day off and not have to write anything today because I was still covering the Seahawks for all Seahawks at that time." And then looking at my phone and, and my co-host on Locked On Mariners, Colby Patnode, uh, DM me, and he's like, "Oh my god!" in all caps, and I'm like, "What?" and he's and he just typed, "Ha ha 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 ha," and I looked at Twitter. I was like, shit. And it ruined my day, essentially. Not because, Russ, day? not because Russell Wilson got traded. Well, because Russell Wilson got traded, but it wasn't that wasn't my reaction to the fact that Russell Wilson was no longer a Seahawk. It was my reaction to the fact that I had to work all of a sudden. And that was not very cool. So, John Schneider, you ruined my day off. However, yeah, what well on John? That 
that led to Charles Cross and Boye Mafe, Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, this number five pick, another second round pick coming up here this April, uh, and Geno Smith, uh, the revelation of Geno Smith. So I guess I forgive you is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. Uh, and obviously 3A, the, uh, uh, what I described as um, the second <laughs> e- uh, element. Um, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wagner, Bobby Wagner was also released, which was like the Seahawks were just like, okay, let's just get this out of the way with. And yeah, uh, yeah that, that was also tough. Maybe he'll be back in Seattle. Um, I, I tweeted in 2022 when it happened. Wagner's athletic climb was visible in every 2021 game. It negatively impacted his work in the pass and run game. Uh, so I don't think much has changed there, but we'll see. Hmm. We've made our thoughts clear on that subject. Check out previous podcasts. But anyway, mm-hmm. Ty, a year on, Seattle's in a great position. We are excited to talk about that position of draft picks. We've already done it. Mm-hmm. If you, Hey, Ty, how are we doing on the likes? Oh, let's check that out. Like the video, comment, comment if you're a preamble or non-preamble. I'm Make sure pr- I'm you, pro uh... preamble, and and I'm just going to be honest with you. If you're if you're anti uh, anti preamble, you're you're a freak. I'm a preambler, so yeah. how about yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Try Absolutely. that one for size. All right, so we have 35 watching on YouTube right now, and only 11 likes. So you guys pitiful. need to change. You that guys need to change that right disgrace. now. Yeah, that's. What uh, on earth? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll get dislikes because I was so smug about my tweets. I hope I didn't come across smug or toxic. Yeah, well, we all know that I'm toxic. It's mm. well established in right. far off lands. Right. I mean, you know, you just got to stop talking about stuff that nobody cares about. True. No one cares about that. Like nuts. It's just not relevant to the Seahawks. Astrology. Like the fact that the Seahawks pick five overall. Yeah. Yeah. Or astrology. Yeah. 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 Uh, So what does a Taurus do? Taurus? What's a a Taurus? Oh, my God. We have a $10 donation from Beyond Balance. Watch forever. First time catching you guys live. Love you guys. Only ones on the Geno train when I was. Love you too, Beyond Balance. Thank you so much. Love you. There yes. we go. MV, MV Gino, baby. Should I, should I pull out the jersey? It's here. The infamous jersey. Right here. Sheesh. I, I Look get at to that. Make, I get to make use out of it for... You know what? That looks like it was purchased year. in October 2022. Um, it wasn't actually. It was purchased in September 2022. And Matthew. little known fact about September is it comes before October. So that's that's right. Cool, pretty that's cool. Matt is Stanger. That is disgusting. Hey, Greg, Ari, you're getting timed out. Buddy. Oh, five minute timeout time for Gregory. Unacceptable. Oh, it, remember if 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 I truly am going to live up to that name. I got a block. Gr- Gr- got a block Griff people. left me. Griff me. Griff left me on red today when I was like, "Oh yeah, you can staying RT yourself next uh, next year when the Seahawks draft one of those Wisconsin linebackers." Oh yeah, Gr- Griff will be doing that though. Yeah, he will be. Yeah. Like I know he that. Will be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's gonna be like, "See guys, I was right. I was how's on the, it before anyone else." How's the light count now? Are people right, doing um, their jobs? 
Are you competing? Let's, let's, let's go back. Yeah. If you're not, then you're scared to compete. If it's, let's see. All right, we got six more likes since we put out the. Uh, Sheesh. Yeah, but it's oh, still. Yeah. But but nineteen of you still have not liked the video. At least nineteen of you. So I'm disappointed. So, Ty, we should actually talk about um the Pete Carroll uh, Source Gardener thing. Oh yeah, let's talk about that real quick. So this is funny. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So Source Gardener had a slightly odd um appearance at the NFL Combine with uh, Rich Eisen and Daniel Jeremiah on NFL Network. The live coverage. He said his most uncomfortable pre-draft interview of the Seahawks with Pete Carroll, and he said it was because he was like too close to him and was always cutting him off. Mm. Basically saying along the lines of, like, what do you see when when you look at a receiver? And then uh, cutting him off and asking it again, but like staring at him being close. Mm. So he had fun with that. That was great. And then Pete Carroll tweeted out the receipts, mm. added Source Gardner, <laughs> hey next gen stats a little help here trying to get a measurement between me and source gardener so the first picture is pete uh uh like 10 person distance nice no, it's like five person distance source taking a seat pete just looking at him slightly then it's pete sat down source standing up uh now it's the 10 person 15 person distance between the two then it's pete even more relaxed sitting back and and source sat down uh leaning forward slightly I have a wrinkle to throw in this whole thing, potentially. That was his combine interview, but Sauce Gardner also had a top 30 visit with the Seahawks. So was he potentially talking about that instead oh. of the combine? But I mean, potentially. Yeah. So Pete, Pete, like why not? Pete, Seahawks, we, we need we need photographic proof of the top 30 visit as well. Well, that you know what that's that's less fun, but no, we, we'll say it was. <laughs> we'll we'll say that it was cap from Sauce because we're, yeah. we're yeah we yeah be, and, and so yeah. what was funny was then Gino when he was posing for pictures uh for his signing, Pete said I don't know where to stand and Gino was like closer closer and then they like got really close to Gino, and. I also, um, uh. <laughs> I also was a degenerate. Oh well, firstly, before me being a degenerate, source uh, quote retweeted Pete's tweet, uh, uh. deleted four previous attempts, and then quote retweeted uh, something. So he's clearly a bit heated about it. I mean, this is basically he, he also went on, source is a massive he also, liar. He also went on Twitch and like ranted about it for like four minutes. There's like a four Great. minute clip of him Amazing. On, on his Twitch like, talking just, about it. Yeah. Just like completely melting down. Uh yeah. and then uh Pete mentioned it on the Rich Eisen show and said like that was weird. Um don't know what he's talking about. Um so yeah. Rattled. Very 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 strange. Um really strange. And I I was a degenerate and so in these pictures, there's uh, an image, a still image of a play that they've got up to show source. Oh, so yeah. I found you are a play. degenerate. This might be one of your most degenerate things, actually. <laughs> like... Yeah. So I found the play, and what happens is India is it's, uh, Cincinnati versus Indiana. There's less than a minute left in the second quarter. It's a second and twelve. Yeah. Source is kind of playing outside leverage on the receiver um, in press, 
And what happens is the receiver off the line gives a little uh, hand shimmy, uh, mm-hmm. which gets Source thinking it's going to be an outside release uh, fade route. The receiver actually widens him out, releases inside, runs a comeback, catches the pass beyond the first down marker. And so that matches Source's comments about them saying, what do you look at when you see a receiver? Because Pete Carroll teaches bottom of the numbers um, to have your eyes on. Uh, Mm. Most coaches would teach the belt buckle lower down because hips don't lie as um, Shakira, when she was talking about that, she was talking about press coverage. Yep, she was talking about press. She knows press coverage. But um, Pete Carroll coaches bottom of the numbers, which I think for like against like the bigger receivers, is, is more fitting. But here, I think Source's eyes were so, a bit too high, and that's how the hand fake kind of got him open to the outside. Mm. And so, if you sync up this play with Source's comments about Pete Carroll's asking me about what do you look at when you see a receiver, and this is a counterpoint to your uh, pre-draft visit at the VMAC, right. the evidence shows that when Source was asked this question, and really only Source and Pete Carroll will know this, but mm-hmm. when Source was asked this question and that the film was up, Pete was very far apart, was not too close to him. So mm-hmm. Pete Carroll has called uh, Source Gardner a liar. And and Source is rattled. So, so 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 do we think that it was actually Pete who tweeted that or like it was his idea to tweet that? Well, per sources, mm. I have it on authority that this account is run by Pete Carroll's daughter. Mm. or at least used to be at, at times Hot thickens. however i think pete was uh a bit peeved and was like i'm just gonna go at him so find the someone someone in the organization pete is competing that's all it is he's just competing and he's... honestly this kind of sums up the energized nature of the front office that mm. and and pete and the coaching staff and like, you know, it's new and exciting, the whole process. Mm-hmm. G- second year of Gino, the challenge. They're, ti- they're tired of people lying on their names. Yeah, that too. Um, yeah, yeah they've, they've been, yeah. Yeah, talk your stuff, you mm-hmm. know. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, nailed it. There you go. I, I already broke the, the, the cursing uh, rules tonight. But, oh well. I'm competing too. Mm. Competing my freaking tail off. And uh, Quandre Diggs, am- among others, enjoyed uh, Pete's tweet. So, of course, yeah, that's great. Uh, Quandre is still trying to uh, recruit. I've been, I've been seeing. He was also he at uh, Texas Pro Day today. Was Texas Pro Day today? He was at Texas for some reason. Well, he went to Texas. Well. Thank you, Maddie. Like whenever he goes back to Texas, I imagine it's just like a lot of fun. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a good go. time. Good time. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, well, how are the likes doing now, Ty? Let's see. Our Sauce Gardener talk better earned us like at least eight likes. uh got a six more likes all right that's that's a bit better we're but we're at 42 watching with 23 likes so there's still not 19 people that have not liked the video absolute scoundrels yeah sickos. okay yep like the video subscribe to the channel mm-hmm. we're done hey uh, give yeah. us a five-star review and download the show too this is a podcast where preamble's edited out 
you get music, you get a cool intro person, and uh, and you get other other perks too. Yeah. So until next time, this has been the Seattle Overload Podcast, Matty and Ty. Mm-hmm. Follow Ty at Dane Gunzelers. Follow me at Matty F Brown. Mm-hmm. Follow the Twitter at Seattle Overload. And we're out of here. We'll be back next Monday, me and Griff and potentially Ty talking NFL draft edge rushers. No talking heads. None no of them. talking heads. No. Ban, no. ban the talking Schem- heads. Schemes. Evil.